Hey friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about four rhythms that help you reduce stress and anxiety and take charge of your emotional health. Rest, restore, connect, create. These ideas come from Rebecca's best-selling book, Rhythms of Renewal, trading stress and anxiety for a life of peace and purpose. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's live in rhythm. Welcome back. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Gabe. And we are excited for the conversations to keep happening around parenting and summertime. It's been a good summer so far for us. It has. We just got back from horseback riding. I know. (laughs) Talk about parenting. It was a family camp uh, where the kids had their thing. We had our thing. We did definitely have some parenting moments, but for the most part, we had no idea where our kids were. No, they were riding (laughs) around having a blast. Uh, This is all happening at Lost Valley Ranch, one of our favorite places to go. And we've been going there in the summers for a while, for a few days and enjoying that. And then in the fall, we go back and get to host our couples retreat. Yes. But the thing about Lost Valley, you caught your first major trout. Well, you went fly fishing with I, me. I feel like my ever trout. I mean, last year I caught a, like a baby trout with like a line and a reel. And yeah. I thought like my head almost exploded. <laughs> I was like, whoa, this is fishing. But this year was next level because you had us do like a 10 day or 10 day, 10, day. 10 hour. <laughs> it, it felt, felt like, like 10, 10 days, days for you. A 10 hour excursion on the river. Well, this is interesting about our marriage, right? And rhythms. It's like, I knew you did not want to go fly fishing, no. but I knew once you got out there, you would love the environment. You'd love standing in the water with your waders on. You'd love yeah. learning about it, but but it was going to take a little bit to get you there, and yeah. I was impressed. You you were up for it. You, you weren't necessarily understanding what this was going to be like, but yeah. you were willing to take the risk, learn something new, seek Try adventure. It. Yeah. And the I, result was you caught the biggest fish. There's four of us out there fishing, and you walk away with with the big one. I call it beginner's luck. I mean, seriously, God's like, you need to do this again, so I'm going to give you a big fish. But honestly, I, I think what it is is like the unknown of it all. You know, I don't know. It says a little bit about my control-ishness. And so I think this was, again, a helpful reminder because you were right. You are like, you're going to love this. Um, and I did. It was yeah. beautiful. And I think what I loved about it is the curiosity, like the flies. I didn't understand that there are a million options of how you can mimic a fly on, right. up, on water. For these trout to come and up and like bite. And it's like science. So I was just— And it was all catch and release for all those out yes. there who don't want any fish harm. There was no yeah. fish to yes. harm. <laughs> no. Maybe a little scar there in the mouth. But, no. But that was fun. But also, you know, when you're at Lost Valley, you you truly they call it coming across the cattle guard, which if you don't know what a cattle guard is, mm-hmm. it's when you're on a road and they have these steel kind of pipes that go across the road because cattle will not walk over that. And so it's a way the gate stays open and you can drive over it, but the cattle won't leave. And so when you come across that into Lost Valley, you descend into this beautiful valley where the trees are beautiful and the stream is running and the grass is green, you find yourself in this setting that helps you escape the craziness of, of the world right. and all that you have going on in your mind. Yeah. And I was telling Gabe, it's the only place I can ever nap. I don't I don't know why, but I have tried to quantify it this year. I really did try to go, what is it that's so special about this place? And I do think it's this idea that we're cared for. I mean, their staff is like second to none. They, they're just, they're cooking and they help you kind of Make your bed. They actually make your bed for you, which is wonderful because I don't typically do that. Um, 
But then also just there's recreation, there's play. We don't have Wi-Fi in our cabins, which is really helpful because you don't have to check your phone before bed or when you wake up because there's nothing there. And you can trap shoot if you're into guns or ride horses each day or go hiking or just sit out by the water and write, journal, read. I mean, it's, it's just a great setting. And that's why we've decided to every year start doing our couples retreat there because 30 couples can come. It's not a large number. It's pretty small, intimate space, but 30 couples come and for three nights and four days, we just get to be together. We get to share meals together, connect, talk, learn. We go through all the different rest, restore, connect, and create rhythms. We bring in experts that virtually join us and are able to engage with you and answer your questions about how can you incorporate these rhythms into your life. So if you want to learn more about that, it's rebeccalyons.com slash couples retreat in October 23rd to 26th. You can join us. We've already had several couples confirm. So jump in there now. Talk to your spouse. Make this maybe part of your plan this fall to get away, to focus on you, to focus on your relationship, but also to learn together and to meet some other people who are thinking about similar things. Yeah, if you're looking for the perfect anniversary surprise trip, that's what happened last year for a lot of couples that came. Some people were like, we are ready to get on a plane and go somewhere. Um, But what I, I love about rhythms is that there's this expression of embodying. You know, you can read a book, you can listen to a podcast, but that's still kind of like turning around in your brain. And then, but at some point, what that awareness breeds action. And this weekend is a weekend of action. You get to ride a horse, you get to, you know, you're just embodying, you're in nature, you're, you're, you're being physical and in, in experiencing these rhythms of restoration and you will leave change. You, it's, it's not just hearing a conference or listening in, it's you get to actually do it. You can be it, to be in it and submerged by it. And I think that's the most transformative part is that you can't unlearn. Like the fact that you had to trust riding a horse or, or catch that first fish or be vulnerable to your spouse after one of those sessions where we're like going there in certain areas. Yeah, I think this last year, everybody started to appreciate our physical world again, not just our digital world, our offices, our cubicles, our cars, but we we got back in tune a little bit more with nature, agriculture, like where we're at. And, and this weekend does that for us. And so we would love for you to consider joining us and making this part of your plans for the fall. Yeah, you'll be reminded why you fell in love with each other because it does bring out a little bit of that childlike, that play, that laughter. And that's what we're going for. Yeah. So join us for that. Go to RebeccaLyons.com slash couples retreat. And today we're continuing our parenting conversations. And we had the fun opportunity to sit down with Jody Burnt. And she's somebody who's written a lot of books, but her focus is what Rebecca and I love. And it's on prayer. And it's on praying the scriptures for your teens. She she just wrote a new book and she's had a series of these. But praying for our teens has become a pretty regular thing for us. And so anytime we can get guidance on what to think about when we're doing that, how to pray best, how to be intentional with how we're raising our children and inviting God into that journey has been such an encouragement to us. Yeah, we are so thankful for this message. We're so thankful for our sponsor for this parenting series with Awana. We know that prayer is a foundation for what we learned as kids growing up on Awana. And so we're so excited for you guys to listen in this conversation right now. Welcome to the podcast, Jody. Hey, Rebecca, so great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so excited. Yeah, thanks for being with us. I mean, you're you're a mother and somebody who has really raised a lot of kids. You've done it really well. <laughs> and I, I know it's always hard for a parent to take the pat on the back and accept that you've done a great job. You never quite know, right? They, they never 
they never fly all the way till they're much older. But I think it's safe to say we have a lot we could learn from you today. So let's just start out. Give us a little sense of your family, how old your children are, and season of life. Well, you are so kind to ask. And I just, you know, that's a great introduction, but I have to laugh because I think, you know, you really never stop being a parent, right? It doesn't matter how old your kids are. You never stop praying. You never stop loving them. You never stop wanting God's best for their lives. Um, Robbie and I have been married about, I don't know, 37 years. We have four adult children. Our two eldest daughters are married and we have a grandbaby, a new grandbaby and another one on the way. And then our third daughter gets married just actually three days after we're recording this show. So we're in full on wedding mode. Mm-hmm. And then our baby boy, a son, he gets married uh, in the fall. So uh, I was just laughing, saying our team roster is complete and we really kind of love all the players. So yeah. grateful to God for that. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> they're leaving the nest. I mean, that's got to, I mean, as a parent, I can't imagine, but I, I guess that must feel like such an accomplishment to know they're each, they've picked their spouse, already yes. have some grandchildren that just must feel so full. Well, you know, it is. It's it's a bittersweet thing, as you'll see uh, in the years to come. You are so grateful to the Lord and, and uh, you know, see His faithfulness. But it's a new season, and I I don't know. I'm somebody with every new season. It's it's always a change, and it takes me a little while to catch up. I say, always say I'm like the Titanic. I turn very slowly. <laughs> yeah, we are in the middle of those transitions all the time, and I know that's why we were so excited to do this uh, summer series on parenting because you might crack the code on one, one season, and then all of a sudden you're thrust into the next, and you're like, this Isn't is still the truth? always uncharted territory, it feels like. And you're just looking yes. for the playbook, and you realize there isn't just one script. It's There's a lot of discernment, wisdom, seeking counsel, prayer, um, and yes. being nimble because you've got a bunch of different personalities in your home, temperaments, and we also have our own temperaments, and we're just trying to put our best foot forward, so we're hoping this is a time of encouragement for everyone who's listening. But I want to just jump in around your uh, posture of prayer. I'm, I have so much respect for that admiration of like that you're not just trying to do this on your own. You're really going to the source and just laying those burdens before God. And where, where did this begin for you? And how early were you in the parenting journey, the motherhood journey of deciding like, I'm going to really double down on what prayer looks like and how that guides how I parent my kids? Well, my eldest was probably a week old when I realized I needed to really pray (laughs) Just because, yeah, I think you're so aware of your own shortcomings. Nothing reveals them like parenting. Um, You know, I was so uh, blessed to grow up in a Christian home where my parents did pray. They modeled prayer for us. we prayed about, you know, when we were sick, that someone would get better. We, we would pray for anything, but um, once I had kids of my own, and this is kind of a, a true confession, I began to feel like my prayers for their lives were getting a little bit stale. You know, God bless Johnny prayers, help them on their spelling test, let them have friends, um, you know, help them feel better if they have a fever. And I, those are legit prayers. They're perfectly great prayers. I think God hears those prayers and delights to have that conversation with us. But for me, on the other side of it, talking to God, I thought, well, there must be more to talk about, more power here. And so somewhere along the way, and it may have been when I was first getting involved with a group called Moms in Prayer, um, your listeners might know that. um, And it might have been then, it might have been another time, but I began to sort of engage with the Bible as for lack of any other word, a prayer book, kind of looking at it as God's word to me, his promises in there, his principles in there, his 
uh, practical tips for how I should live and using that as a springboard for my prayers, letting it begin to shape how I thought about things, how I desired things, um, kind of giving rise to even creating those desires in me. And so then those things began to be um, to become prayers. And when that happened, my prayer life got so much more exciting and fresh feeling and even more powerful. And that shouldn't have surprised me. You know, we know verses, right? Like Hebrews 4.12, which talks about God's word being living and active and, and powerful and all. But I really was kind of blown away by the new uh, conversational relationship that I was able to enter into with the Lord, where it didn't feel like, okay, scripture is something I just read, but more scripture is something I hear, internalize, understand, and then can speak back to God. Um, just got made the prayer, whole prayer process much richer. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and you know, you mentioned that you have grandbabies now, and I think back to my grandmother was a praying grandmother and just the power of prayer. She passed away yeah. earlier this year at the age of 96, and wow, she prayed wow. for us every day. I mean, all the grandchildren, all her children by name, and then then my parents took on that same practice daily and praying. isn't that a relief i bet your parents felt the way i felt when i knew my parents were praying for my kids it's just so nice to know that someone out there is carrying that burden for you because when you're in the thick of it with the throw-ups and the laundry and the ear infections and the homework and you're feeling like golly i have barely time to pray for my kids knowing that there is a praying grandparent or even a praying friend or a praying um aunt a praying neighbor that is just such a, a, a relief, a weight off your shoulders. At least it was for me. So um, yeah. exciting to know that your grandmother was that for your parents. I know. Well, I attribute so many of the blessings I've enjoyed in my life and opportunities to just the years and years of prayer. And I wonder if you could just speak to that for a moment and the power of that for parents to pray over their children. What's happening in the supernatural realm when we pray, and and how do we think about prayer in a way that's not just trite and not just over meals and not just a quick moment, but we we see a heritage of prayer and what that accomplishes in a generation? Yeah, great question. Lots of layers there. Um, I, I love your term heritage of prayer because I think for our kids to see us praying is huge because it lets them know that they don't have to feel like everything's on their shoulders, just like we don't have to feel like everything's on our shoulders. So when we model that dependence on the Lord, acknowledging Him as the source of our provision, I think that sets our kids up to live in freedom, to not feel like it's all on them, that they have to be successful, significant, any of those things. They can just turn to their Heavenly Father with any need or concern that they have. So I love what prayer does for our kids as they see that. I love what it does for us, giving us peace when you know we don't have to be all worked up figuring out how we can accomplish something or fix something or provide something, but we can just turn, you know, to acknowledge God as our source and trust him. Um, you know, prayer, as they say, releases his provision in our lives. So I think that does happen in the supernatural when we pray. I mean, God tells us to pray, right? In scripture, it's a command he gives us. And part of it is so that we can get blessings you know, material provision, uh, health and safety, those things he wants us to ask. But I think an even bigger part of it is so that we can get him, so that we can get into relationship with him, so that we can be in conversation and in connection. You know, the I just uh, released a book called Praying the Scriptures for Your Life, and the subtitle is Abiding in the Presence, Provision, and Power of God. And I think that's what God wants. He wants to bless us with stuff, with answers to prayer, with gifts, for sure. 
But deeper than that, he wants to bless us with his own presence and his own power and that sense of connection in our lives. So I think that's what happens when we turn to the Lord. If all we are doing even is just saying, Lord, help, we're turning to him and opening that door and having that connection. And that is just powerful. Yeah. In light of that, praying for your life, it it really is that abiding life of prayer without ceasing. And I'm curious, what does that look like for you over the years? How has that shifted? How has that grown? What is yeah. what is your cadence for that? Um, a lot of times we come to the Lord when we have this desperate moment or we're kind of just, we have this unction like this, like I've got to get before God with this. And, and then to me, that's such a beautiful encounter because we're just, a heart is just very expectant. But then there's also the remaining part of that, like come and re- abide, but then remain in me. And and what is that? I guess my question is, how does that remaining, that grafting in the vine, look so that you can stay in that place, um, yes. just throughout every day? What does that mean for you? I, well, I love that question as well. And to anyone who's listening and thinks, "Oh gosh, I am the person that comes in my desperate moments," I would say, you know, good for you. Don't believe the lie that God doesn't want to hear you if you didn't come to Him last Wednesday and now you got a problem on Sunday. You know, he wants us to turn to him at any time um, in the desperate moments or in those kind of daily abiding moments. Um, but I love what uh, an author named R.A. Torrey said. He wrote a book a bazillion years ago, 1900 or something. It was called How to Pray. And he said this He said, To abide in Christ is to renounce all life independent of Christ and constantly look to him for the inflow of his life into us and the outworking of his life through us. So it's an in and out thing. And then he says this, and this is what really got my attention. He says, when we do this, insofar as we do this, our prayers will obtain that which we seek from God. And, you know, that sounds, uh, I love that connection between abiding in connection and then praying and receiving. And it sounds at face value, like it could be some sort of, you know, late night infomercial or name it, claim it. But what I think is happening there in the supernatural realm is that as we stay yielded, surrendered, connected to Christ, as we dig into his word, and and you, you asked about the cadence, and I'll, I'll answer that in a minute, but, and let that sort of shape how we think, then our prayers start to line up with what God already wants to do. And so we do see that link between connection and provision. Um, but in terms of the cadence, you know, when I had, we had four kids in six years and I struggled when they were little with the thought that unless I could carve out, you know, a good half hour with my journal and maybe some soft light or a candle and just have that real quiet time with Jesus, that it kind of didn't count. And I felt like a failure. I was beating myself up because I thought I'm not abiding. I'm trying to, you know, put find somebody's shoe that's missing and, and figure out where the permission slip is. And an older, wiser woman said to me, you know what, Jody, just do it. You can pray in the carpool line. You can pray while you're walking the baby behind the stroller. You can pray while you're doing the laundry. And honestly, that became one of my favorite places to pray because I was always folding socks and shirts and things. And I would be praying all those verses about clothing, you know, Lord, clothe my kids with compassion and kindness. Um, and, and the clothing prayers are like when I'd be fixing their lunches and chopping up fruit, I'd use that as a chance to say, you know what, God, you talk about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all of those things. Here I am chopping apples, but would you fill my kids with your Holy Spirit? Let that fruit be manifest in their lives. So I think those little 
prayer prompts and triggers for young parents, especially are everywhere. And it might not look like it does on Instagram where you see the beautiful journal and the candle. It might not look like that for a season of your life. But now, now that I'm an empty nester, it does look like that. It looks like I brew the coffee. I go out to my special screen porch. I do have a candle. And I love Rebecca in Rhythms of Renewal. You talk about either lighting a candle or putting a log on the fire, um, you know, depending on the season in the morning. And that is exactly where I am. But that's because that's a season that I'm in now and I can do that in the morning. And so I just would encourage people don't look for a formula in prayer. Just look for a father and go to him in whatever way that you can. And then trust that to grow because those little stolen moments when you've got a house full of little children will grow and expand and you'll get more time as you continue to to have that connection. Yeah, that's great advice. We're so thankful for our partner Samaritan Ministries that helps partner with families hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation who care for one another through prayer, encouragement, and financial support for medical needs. It's such a unique solution, and it's biblically based to trying to provide for your healthcare needs. Connects you to other Christians who support you spiritually and financially when you experience a medical need. It's affordable, and you can join today. And the way it works is you have the opportunity to submit any of your medical bills when a medical need arises. You choose the healthcare provider you want, the treatment that works best for you and your family, and then Samaritan Ministries helps cover those bills and pays you directly for those bills. Online resources are available to you 24-7. You have access to medical professionals by phone, email. You can get medical advice before you even visit the doctor, saving time and money. You can also price medical procedures and also choose a quality healthcare provider that you're happy with. So as you consider all of your options in caring for your medical needs, consider Samaritan Ministries, and you can learn more at samaritanministries.org slash podcast. Again, that's samaritanministries.org slash podcast. As people are listening, I know so many parents are trying to navigate all the different seasons. And you look back now, you've been through all of them from the littles to now about to send one off in, in marriage. And I'm curious, you know, when you get to a certain perspective like you have now, you look back and you see it more clearly. Because in, in the middle of it, I think we all are just dealing with so much chaos. You're just right. trying to get through the yeah. day, through the week, through the next big decision or the next big send off. And in these moments when you're about to have a wedding this weekend, you know, you reflect a lot, like what, what do we do great here with this child? And, right. and how did that happen? And I, I'm just curious how you look back on it now and, and see it more simply, like what, what was it about your approach, you and your husband to the way you wanted to raise your children that, um, today you look and go, Hey, we, we kind of got that right. Well, you know, I, I love, I love that. Um, and a couple of things come to mind. And interestingly, when I updated praying the scriptures for your children this past year, it had been out 20 years and it just needed some new, you know, there were new things in technology, new things on our kids' identity, uh, new new bonus material in there on how to invite your kids into the prayer circle and pray with them. Because I'd go around the country speaking and people would say, you know, I've been in the church my whole life, but I really don't know how to pray. It feels kind of awkward and unfamiliar, and I don't want it to be that, that way for my kids. So what do I do? And so we put some of that in there too. But one of the huge unexpected blessings that came out of doing that update was I got to have that perspective of time and see how God had worked over 20 years. And, you know, he says in Ephesians 3.20, right, that he's going to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. And I look back at the things I was asking him for and his answers didn't always look like what I thought they should or what I thought I wanted. 
but they always were immeasurably more. Um, again, some of them are still working out. We've certainly walked through a lot of disappointments in parenting. I, you know, any family does, but I have seen with that perspective of time, how God used even the kind of yucky stuff as part of his redemptive plan to accomplish his purposes. So that would be the one thing that, that if you don't understand what God's doing or you don't see the needle moving, um, just trust and just keep praying because he is working all that and using it. But the other thing that I would say, and the daughter who is getting married in a couple of days, she was a tough kiddo. God blessed her. And I tell this story, I tell stories about her in all the different books, but um, she was the kind of kid who had a lot of zeal for the Lord early on, but not a lot of grace or wisdom. So she would like literally on the playground, you know, tell another first grader that she's going to hell if she doesn't believe in Jesus. And while that may be like theologically correct, that might not be the best elementary school approach as you're talking to your friends and things. And so, um, and, and she was, she was just tough. She was filled with a lot of grit, which now works great for her. She's in sales and doing really well. So for the parent whose child is super stubborn and you're thinking, God, soften those edges. Yes. Ask him to give your child grace, but also thank him for that steel spine and that grit that he's put in there because he will use that. You know, he's used it in my daughter's life just remarkably as she is able to stand strong for him and she's able to do her job well, those traits that were hard to parent when she was four or five. Um, but one of the things that we did during one of her challenging seasons, and I just say this because I think it works whether you've got a five-year-old or a 15-year-old or a 25-year-old, um, my husband and I found ourselves kind of at the end of our rope with her. And um, we enlisted a couple of friends, people we knew loved her, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we said, you know, will you just really commit to praying for her with us this year? Not necessarily with us physically, although sometimes we were together, but just to lifting her up because there were times when we couldn't see clearly. We were too close to it. We would get discouraged, feel like our prayers weren't working or that things had gone from bad to worse. But our friends who were a little bit removed from the situation could be kind of Aaron and her, right? In Exodus 17, when Moses is lifting up his hands over the battle and the Israelites are winning, and when the hands drop, they kind of lose. So Aaron and her come along and hold up his hands. That's what our friends did for us. They held up our hands. They held up our daughter in prayer. And we really saw a transformation in her life during that year. And I won't say she went, you know, from awful to perfect. You know, no kid does that. But he really filled her with grace, softened some hard edges, and began to do a work that he's continuing to do in her now. Um, and she will be, you know, on her wedding day in three days, she'll be a radiant bride. And that is not because of anything my husband and I did. That's just because of God's faithfulness and the way he answered our prayers. I think that's such a good reminder for our parents who feel like they might be in the weeds with one of their children, and they're trying every which way to solve, save, rescue something. <laughs> and um, and so often that can be the most helpless place to be as a parent because you really are doing everything you can and it, nothing seems to be working. And I think what you're sharing here is just a reminder that God loves these children more than we could possibly imagine, more than—I mean, he, He's created them. He's entrusted them to us to steward this season. And um, I think one of the greatest challenges and also freedom um, has been to just surrender and let that go, like lay that down and just say, Lord, you, you, you hold all things together. And 
there's a season you see, you see before and you see after. You see so much that I cannot see. And um, just constantly coming before Him, because sometimes we, you're like you said, we don't see movement, or at least for a while, at least for a season. And, you know, sometimes we're not really sure how God sees time in comparison to ours. It's, <laughs> it is not the same. And yes, it's definitely not the same. It is not the same. <laughs> and so you're kind of like, it's been a whole three weeks, you know, or whatever. <laughs> and He's like, that's like a minute. Um, and right. so I just think um, just reminding us with your vantage point of kind of looking back and reflecting that God's faithfulness was always there, even when it felt like the needle wasn't moving um, in yes, ways we could yeah. see. What I have found is that that's when God is making Himself real to our kids, Be- right? Because it, at some point, they have to move beyond the faith of their parents. They have to go, yes. This I've got to get desperate enough to want God for myself. And Absolutely. cry out to him in my own desperate hour, and I I'm all about like better to learn that under our roof if possible, you know. Yes. Um, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I also want to tell people too, you know, when you say that better to learn under our roof, um, you know, God doesn't clue us into things in our kids' lives to make us panic, but to prompt us to pray. Because so often people can say, oh, no, you know, I caught the first grader stealing crayons or I caught the teenager with alcohol or I, you know, whatever the, the challenge is. And we've all had our little moments where we find out something that's less than ideal about our kids. And God is saying, you know what, mom, you know what, dad, I showed you that. I showed you that for a reason, because I've got great plans and purposes for your child. And I want you to partner with me in accomplishing these things through your prayers. So, you know, don't don't make panic. Yes, we're going to have times when we're anxious. We're going to have times when we're angry. But don't camp out there. Turn to him and say, "Okay, God, you know, I see this. Thanks for cluing me in. I'm going to be praying. And I know you're going to be providing because he really will. And, you know, Rebecca, I love... um, I was reading the other week in uh, Rhythms of Renewal. I just love that book and I love the cover. Um, I love the contents. Um, but you say, just when I talked just then about, um, you know, moving from panic to peace, you talk in there about a time when you woke up just with anxiety and worry on your heart. Um, and you said, um, you turned to Philippians, I think it's four, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then it goes on in the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And you said that as you spent time reflecting on that Philippians 4, 6, you felt like the Holy Spirit was inviting you to kind of lay down your own worries and anxieties and give thanks to him Mm -hmm. and experience his peace and that deliverance. And right there, I think when I read that in your book, I was like, that's the essence of praying the scriptures. That is taking a promise that God has given us or a principle in his word and applying it and shaping it and allowing it to um, kind of transform how we think and how we pray. Um, you know, say say you're having trouble loving your spouse, your neighbor, your child even, you know, You can read something like Ephesians 4, verse 2, make me humble, gentle, and patient, bearing with others in love. You know, Ephesians 4, 2 doesn't say make me. It just says be, be completely humble and gentle, bearing with others in love. But we can read a verse like that and do more than just read it. We can pray it and say, Heavenly Father, you know, this is your design. This is your desire. So I just invite you now to do, to accomplish your word 
and make me that. Make me humble and gentle and patient, bearing with others in love. Because you know what? I can't do it on my own. I need your Holy Spirit to help. And that I think is exactly what you were talking about, Rebecca, when you said, you know, you had to kind of bring that before him and let the Holy Spirit do that work in your heart. And I loved that. Yeah, I think everybody listening is learning a lot about just how do we incorporate prayer moments into our daily life and do it in an authentic way, in a way that it doesn't add another chore to what we're doing. It actually completely empowers and enlivens the way that we're seeing every moment we're having with our children. I want to conclude by asking you, Jody. I know you've read Rhythms of Renewal. And as you look back, what, what were the rhythms as a family that became such an important part of the way your family would operate? And as you look back now, you really appreciate that you had these rhythms that you kind of structured into your family at different seasons that might encourage listeners to think about the rhythms for their own family this summer? Yeah, great question. And such a a good thing we're thinking about, because I think especially when you've got kids at home, it can be easy to just be hanging on and not being as intentional about creating some of those rhythms. Um, looking back a couple of things, you know, um, the Bible says, John, third John says, I have no greater joy than to know that my children are walking in the truth. And I know John's not talking about his physical children. He's talking about his spiritual children there. But I looked at that with my physical children and I thought that's my deepest desire for them more than any academic success, athletic success, friendships, all of those things we want for our kids. And there's nothing wrong with wanting those things, but my heart's desire was that they would walk in the truth. And um, while, again, Scripture does say no one comes to me unless the Father draws and we need the Lord to draw our kids, I do think there are things we can set up in our families that can be those rhythms, that can be those systems, those, those greenhouses for the plants to grow, so to speak. And so we did prioritize family devotions. And again, that sounds very fancy, but when the kids were little, they might be scrambling by the front door while the bus came up the hill. And we're just doing a quick Bible verse and a prayer saying, Lord bless you, walk with the King today, be a blessing. You know, but as they got older and could get themselves to the table with a few extra minutes, we did try to be intentional about that. But summertime is such a great um, time for things like going outside. We had a, a family in our neighborhood. We used to take the kids and look up at the stars and spread a blanket out and have ice cream Sunday nights. And the kids would like to come to look at the stars and eat the ice cream. But we would invite these other this other family to kind of count our blessings and share our prayers. And we would play something called the happy hope game because, you know, kids don't always want to share like praise reports and prayer requests. It sounds too churchy for them. But if you say, well, let's play the happy hope game. Tell me something, you know, that you're happy that happened this week. Uh, this month, this summer at school, whatever. Um, And then tell me something you're hoping will happen. And those things can be so easily translated into, thank you, God, that my child did make a friend at camp, you know, or the hope, please, God, as my child goes away to camp this summer, or as my child goes off to swimming lessons, or as my teenager, you know, works in their first job, any of those hopes that they might have can be translated into prayer requests. And I love that we did it with another family. I mean, you could do it on your own as a family, but I don't know about your kids, but our kids always participated in stuff a little more enthusiastically if there were other kids around and they didn't feel like they were the only ones whose parents were putting a blanket out in the yard and saying, hey, look up at the stars and let's talk to God. So I would just say that was a great rhythm to just say, find another family or two and and get together and, and do that kind of thing so that your kids feel like talking to God is normal and not something they just have to do at church on Sundays, but they can do in the backyard under the stars. Yeah, I love that. I think establishing that rhythm where they just know 
that God is somebody they can rely on all the time, and you're preparing them for that, and you're practicing it. Uh, and now as they go into their own life, you know they're carrying that with them, but it's such an important rhythm. And even just getting out in nature, those fun summer nights, I hope for families listening now, you you're probably have some great plans, but just think through the ordinary plans where it doesn't have to be a huge plan, doesn't have to cost any money. It can just be simply saying, hey, the sunset's happening. Let's go take 30 minutes, grab a blanket. Let's just go do something special. Let's just get a few moments together. And it's amazing how those become the memories that our kids remember way more than the vacation or the trip to the amusement park or the thing that we invested so much time and energy in and how much they just love these quiet moments of presence. And so, yeah, absolutely. And, and think about that the security that that gives a kid you know, which is such a, a thing now, kids and their identity, who they are, where they feel safe. Um, just having that, knowing that there's somebody who's bigger than they are out there who loves them and who cares about them. And then the gift of connection to that Heavenly Father that we can give our kids through those simple things, as you say, it doesn't cost anything. Um, that's going to stand them in better stead than, you know, the most lavish vacation. And I'm not, I'm certainly a fan of vacations. Don't get me wrong. If if you can take your kids to the beach or whatever, that's great. But I do agree with you, Gabe, that it's in those little middle minutes where you don't think anything's happening, that those roots are going down deep. Well, thank you, Jody. Thank you so much for being a part of this and sharing your wisdom, your experience, your just reliance on God. It's such a beautiful testimony that this is not just something that you're talking about. You have lived and embodied this, and we're so thankful for you modeling that and just helping us as moms and dads just surrender, not my will, but yours. And um, you see the past, the present, and the future, and we can trust you. So thank you for that reminder today. Thanks for being on today. Thank you. Thank you. Lord bless you. I'll just leave you with the Psalm 15, Psalm 115, verse 14, I think it says, may the Lord cause you to flourish, both you and your children. And that was one that I just hung on to and prayed at every stage of their upbringing. Um, may God just cause our families to flourish. Yes. Amen. This summer series is brought to you by Awana, and Rebecca and I both have loved Awana ever since we were children. We grew up in this program where we were learning scripture. The Bible was always a high priority in our life, and we did that from the earliest of ages. And today, it might look a little different for you about how do you incorporate scripture? How do you incorporate these big conversations about the way in which your children ought to operate in the world. And so simply knowing where to start with at-home child discipleship can be the biggest hurdle, and we know that. And so Awana has created this incredible program called Bright Families. Bright Families, B-R-I-T-E. Bright Families, you know exactly where to begin to help your kids know God and His Word. Each week you get to explore a Bible story, discuss it with questions to help strengthen your kids' faith, and apply practical activities to practice what you've learned. Bright equips you to help your kids navigate a changing culture, shape their identity in Jesus, and impact the future of the church. And when you go to their website, there's a free trial. There's a way you can experience what Bright looks like. But for those of you who are looking this summer and saying, I want to incorporate a rhythm where I bring my family together and we have a significant conversation about Scripture and how it relates to our life and to our world, Bright Curriculum is going to be the way that you can do that. They're going to partner with you and help you do that. So start today with your free sample of Bright by going to brightcurriculum.com slash families. That's brightcurriculum, B-R-I-T-E, curriculum.com slash families. 
I love what she shared about prayer. That's so practical and helpful. I know. Jody is, when you're talking with her, you feel like you're talking to a mother, a grandmother, somebody who's been through a lot of life. Mm-hmm. And as you and I both know, praying parents and grandparents has been such a blessing to us. And so I'd encourage you, get her book, Praying the Scriptures for Your Teens, Opening the Door for God's Provision in Their Lives. And also, if you want to join us at Lost Valley, Rebecca and I, October 23rd to 26th, we can't wait to get back. We cannot. We love <laughs> we, it. We know there's many of you who would enjoy that experience. So take advantage of that while you can at RebeccaLyons.com slash couples retreat. And we'll see you this fall.